think it's 465. Maybe it's 466. Fuck it, I don't know. Of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... He's a font of misplaced rage. Name your cliche. Mother held him too much. Not enough. Last pick to kickball. Late night sneaky uncle. Whatever. He's so angry... Moments of levity actually cause him pain. Give him headaches. Happiness for that gentleman hurts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. A little Garland Green from Con Air. Did you say Con Air? Con Air, yeah. Interesting story. Okay. Uh, wow. It's so weird you picked that quote. <laughs> okay. It's the weirdest thing you ever picked that quote. <laughs> and why I'm saying this is because... The girls, and I, you're gonna, you're gonna say what when I tell you this? If you're gonna tell me they haven't watched Con Air until like this week, no, they couldn't. They don't remember watching Con Air. Wow, and that is like shocking. Right, I mean, yeah. but this was said like two days ago. Yeah, and so uh, they watched it last night. Yeah, and uh, but I know I played that movie. Yeah, you had to have. I had to have. Yeah. Me and you probably played that movie with them. Yeah. Anyway, so. Probably uh, the same night we watched Brotherhood of the Wolf. <laughs> yeah. But I just I just found that so weird. Yeah. Anyway. You picked that quote. That's, that's funny. That's strange. That's uh, serendipity right there. <laughs> yeah. So how are you, sir? I'm good. Yourself? I am not bad. You know? Yeah. It had been a day. Nancy Nancy got that, that that cleaning bug up her ass today. Oh shit. Ah. And and you know, I'm like, come on. That got me down on my hands and knees, scrubbing. Oh, this isn't for me. Really? Yeah. Well I, no. I, I had to um I mean I helped her out like with the kitchen, like sweeping them off in the kitchen. And then uh I swept them off the uh the bathroom. Uh-huh. Cause the bathroom floor is like, it's like one of those things like, like, like odd hair just collects in like corners and stuff. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I... Yeah. So I got to get down there with the Swiffer. And... I can't. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. I'm like, I'm up there like a... Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. That's, uh, I'll clean anything you throw at me, but I, I can't do a bathroom. Yeah, between that yeah. and the like the drain, yeah. every once in a while I got to get in there, and you know you're just like oh. pull that yeast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh. you're yeah. making me sick. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm just like oh yeah, mm, not good. <laughs> you know, so science so, fiction movies were made from shit that comes out of those drains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, you know, this isn't me. <laughs> you know, this is not long enough to be me. You know who I'm talking about. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. That was, I mean, that, so she gets this bug up her ass, so, you know. And then we went and saw Morbius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my official review of Morbius it's not bad, but it's not good. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the best I can give. 
Yeah. Like, the story makes sense to me. I was able... But there are parts of the story, like how they get through the story. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are certain <laughs> aspects of it that, like... I'm like, okay, this is a leap. It's a little bit of a leap here. You know. That's when the guy comes in from Lethal Weapon and goes... Diplomatic immunity. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that drove me nuts was the post credit scene. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I spoil this for you? Yeah. Okay. So, in the post credit scene, you know, it opens, like we're looking at New York City, and the sky opens up like we see in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> and Adrian Toomes appears in a jail cell. In the Venom timeline. Now, throughout this movie, there's no mention of Spider-Man. The The scene where we saw the Spider-Man poster in the alley, uh-huh. that was for the trailer only. Really? There's, there's nothing about Spider-Man whatsoever. Huh. They do mention Venom a couple of times. You know, um, but overall, there's no link to the MCU whatsoever like everybody thought. Until this post credit scene. Okay. Where Adrian Toomes shows up in a jail cell. Okay. Now, because nobody knows, knows who the fuck he is or how he got there, they let him go. Okay. Okay. Which, I mean, overall. But then it, there's a second post credit scene mm. where Morbius is driving in the desert. He pulls off the road. He stops at a certain spot. And he waits. And you see something coming from the distance. Well, it's Vulture. He's in the full vulture suit now. How the oh, full? Really? Yeah. Now, who, how the full vulture suit gets in this universe? I don't know, because that was alien tech. Okay. But he's in the full vulture suit, and he goes to Morbius. Um, Thanks for meeting me out here. And he's like, "Yeah, what? What do you got?" And he's <laughs> like, "I think guys like you and I." Is this Keaton, right? Yeah, this, okay. this is Keaton. Yeah, but he's like, I, "Guys like you and I, uh, we should team up." Yeah. Yeah. And like was like, I think that's a good idea, which is like it's not. It's like a setup for the Sinister Six, which is fine and dandy. But it's like based upon the logic of the spell from Doctor Strange, there is no reason for Adrian Toomes to be in this universe. Well, this all has to. Well, maybe that has to deal with the multiverse of madness going on with Strange. Maybe. Maybe, but I mean, like they they basically made it look like. Tombs is in this universe for good. Okay. Like, they moved him from the MCU to the Sony Spider-Man universe. Uh Uh-huh. Only for the sole purpose of creating the Sinister Six movie that they want to do. Okay. Like, Michael Keaton is the linchpin to all this. And it's like... That makes no fucking sense. I agree. But... But it's Sony... And they want so desperately to do this shit on their own. Right, right. I'm like, oh, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. Like everything else about the movie, I was okay with. You know, like I, I got, I, I, I think my, my, my biggest complaint about the, 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 aside from that is, Sony has to figure out how to do fucking fight scenes. Yeah. Because again. This fight scene was very hard. The, the, like the big climactic fight scene at the end was very hard to keep track of. Really? Yeah. Like much like Venom, like in that Venom movie, like I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on at that. I was just like, well, let's see who wins at the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I have no clue what's going on here. This is just black blob <laughs> against black blob. In this, 
you know, they're going at each other, and they both have, like, these, like, trails of, like, vapor behind them or so, you know. And it's, like, it just creates this, and it's so slash cut so fucking hard that you're just, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was my two biggest, like, my third is probably, I, they, they ripped off the Dark Knight quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Like, there, there's this scene where Jared Leto's like, you know, um, the the bats are, they view me as a kindred spirit, as a brother. And he, like, he has this chamber where he keeps these vampire bats. Yeah. And he walks into it, and the and the the bats like start circling around him, like in like Batman Begins, or like yeah, a, yeah. you know where the bats are circling around Batman. Yeah, yeah. And like even the music, I was like, well, that just sounds like fucking Batman's theme from the Nolan movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there were a couple of moments like that with like bats and shit, where like they're like around him and they're. F- swarming around him and stuff and he's like standing there like a god like a bat god or something I'm like you're just ripping off fucking Nolan (laughs) you know but otherwise I mean like I mean those are minor complaints I I mean was I entertained at the end yeah I mean it's it's two hours and 45 minutes it felt longer than that (laughs) but (laughs) how was Lita he was fine. I mean, him and Matt Smith. I mean, how, how can you go? You have Matt Smith, Jared Leto, and Jared Harris in a movie. Okay. And I love Jared Harris. I think he's an underappreciated actor. And, you know, we, we all we all love Matt Smith from his doctor. We know he can act his ass off. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the acting was fine. Like, I didn't have a problem with their acting whatsoever. Okay. Like, and again, like the, even the story that they told made sense as a story the beginning the middle the end of the story made sense is just some of the leaps that they took in in that story i was like hmm you know what i mean like it it was just some things that was like like at one point like he's like well i need to go underground because the police are looking for me and he he creates this this lab Mm -hmm. like in this abandoned mall Mm -hmm. and like the very next scene he's like back in his lab yeah what the what yeah. How, what, why? Why would you fucking do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's shit like that. There was little shit that I was like, like logically, this makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gave me this whole big, like, montage of him like assembling a machines and stuff to to do experiments with, and then the next scene he's back in his fucking lab where he has all of his equipment anyway. Like, what was the point of this? Weird. Yeah. It's the secret, secret lab. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to go see it in a theater. Um, you know, this is definitely a, maybe rent it from Redbox or wait till it's like on Stars. If you have Stars, you know, maybe get it on the pay-per-view, like, you know, drop the four bucks, you know. But I'm not telling you to go go out to a theater and see it, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my review. It's my spoilerish review of uh, Morbius. Morbius. I did not watch Batman today because Nancy had the cleaning bug up her ass. So I'll be watching that tomorrow <laughs> for discussion next week. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch anything, anything really. I watched um, um, Halo. Yeah. Digging that. And uh, what else? And I watched a hockey game. Oh, you had to watch a hockey game. Yeah, in the hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. That would be really exciting. I'm getting to watch a lot of hockey games. Good for you. Yeah. Good for because the Penguins are on nationally, so like TBS and well, ESPN. Well, it's not just a, yes. Yeah. But also, too, at the hotels I'm staying at, I get AT and T. Oh, okay. So I get any. So you get the Pittsburgh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's I'm cool. getting to watch any hockey game that's okay. on if yeah. you're playing. And I get done at seven thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh, I watched the Bruins game. Um, yeah, impressive. Getzo has really impressed me. Like, he always impresses me, but the guy has, I think, 40 goals this year. Yeah. Jake Getzel's He's been that. a freaking animal. If he was on any other team, he would be a superstar. Yeah. But, he, but because he's on the Penguins with Crosby and Malkin, he's kind of overlooked. And he is, a, he's like, from his rookie year. Yeah. That year he came in as a rookie with the, you know, and had that playoff run. I was like, this kid's the next guy. Yeah. Like, they need to lock him up for a long time. I think they will. I don't yeah. think they're going to let let go of, of Jake. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see how they can. I think he's going to, because he's, he's considerably younger than Crosby is. Oh, yeah. And so I think he's going to be that torch. Yeah. Going forward, unless they get some kind of super, super rookie. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think, I mean, this kid can score. Yeah. And he's already doubled the output Malkin has. He's scored, I think he's scored more goals than Crosby has. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have the assists like Crosby and Latang no. have. But um, Latang's having a great year, too. Yeah. But um, that team as a whole. Looks pretty damn good. Yeah, like that that that, that fall that they had that like what, losing nine out of twelve, I was like yeah. shocked by. Yeah, because it, they're they're a much better team than that. And it went from being first in the division to being third, and <coughs> you know trying to play for a wild card almost. I'm like, like this team's better than this. Yeah, you know, but and it's, and it's almost like you feel like. Maybe it's to their benefit. Like you get a lower seed. You, you play somebody better. They take you lightly. You know. I like Rucker too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna get the Rangers, right? I think. I mean, see, they're talking about maybe if, if they fall out of the third, third place in the division, then they end up playing Florida, okay. which is like I guess the the best team in the, the conference or something. Yeah, I have to look it up. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I it's like a, it's they, a we thing. just blew out Detroit. So. Yeah, and I mean, in this what Casey the Smith had that fifty-two goal or fifty goal fifty that, fifty save shutout. That was with uh, the Bruins. The Bruins, yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then we just I think final score of the uh, Detroit game was seven-two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're playing well. By the way, just so you know, the Pirates lost by three touchdowns today. Oh my god. 21 to nothing. That's fucking crazy. That is. Um, <laughs> on the other side of the map. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I 
I'm just I've gotten to watch some hockey. And that's gonna make you happy. Yeah, it does because I love hockey. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, I've been watching some hockey and uh, <coughs> getting back into it. Um, and I just the team looks good right now. I mean, yeah. They're fast. I'm hoping that they continue this into the playoffs. Yeah. They're quick. They're sharp. But Getzel, man, his goals, man. I mean, the third one was an empty netter. But um, those first two were, they were right, dude. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. This kid can score. Of course, it helps that he's being fed by Crosby, too. Oh, I mean, don't Crosby must be one of the best assist people I've ever seen in my life. It does help, but he is a natural goal scorer. Like, like, you've seen that since day one with him. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where, like, yeah, it helps having a guy like Crosby. You can feed him, but you have to have the ability to put that that puck home. And he has that ability. Yeah. There have been other guys that Crosby's fed that they can't, like, they just can't handle it. He's just so tiny. Yeah. You know, and I think that's his only draw. Yeah. But drawback is is he's so small. Yeah. Um, But that, that kid can score. Yeah, I mean, like he is just brutal, and and fast as fucking lightning. He too. reminds me of um, Bob Airy, but better. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I've seen Bob. Bob Airy could make a. He was a goal scorer too. Yeah. I could, I mean, that guy could score. Um, I'll never forget that on that one knee Bob Airy shot. Oh yeah, fuck. Oh my god. But uh, and back then it was a big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. sure. Some of you guys can do it now, but yeah, like when Bob Airy did it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, there's some amazing stuff that I've seen that yeah, you know, and that was one of those times. Yeah, that was one of those games I watched that I was like, "That's that's a good goal." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I've seen some great goals, but I mean, that was a good one. The, the Lemieux behind the net one, yeah, is probably one of the best of all time. Yeah, that that was fucking crazy. That was, but um. Like and only you could do. I, I I saw an interview with Gretzky, where he said like, Mario was a better goal scorer. Oh really? You know, shadow of a doubt. Like, if he hadn't gotten sick, if he didn't have the back problems, he'd probably be really fucking close. If not, have taken like some of my records. Yeah, Lemieux could score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could pass. Too. It was a different game. I mean, yeah, it was. But like, I mean, I mean, I'll never forget. Like, you know. Game six of the Stanley Cup Finals against Minnesota, and he passes that puck to Jimmy Pack. Yeah, fine. You know, yeah. For the goal. Like, yeah. like, like going down the ice, like, yeah, I've got enough of these here. You take us. Yeah, take it on you the know. back. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I went into the Heinz History Center. Okay. Uh, did I tell you that? No. no. I didn't tell you any of that? No. Huh. Interesting. Because I went last week. I wonder if I went on Sunday. Anyway. Went to the Heinz History Center. Yeah. Took the girls. I did. I went on Monday, maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, so, first time I've been there. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I thought, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool fucking museum. Yeah. Um, but they had a great Heinz thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was cool. Like, Heinz from the beginning. To yeah. Now, you know, like, it was cool. Um, appreciated that. Steel Mill. You know, all that kind of crap. But then they had a sports... Yeah, and that, sports that stuff. Very, very, very extensive sports section, and it was really good. Yeah, um, and it covered like everything. Like yeah. it was like it was really good. Like, I know like people complimented for what how they covered the Negro leagues. Yeah, no, yeah, it was yeah. it was great. Um, 
that part was phenomenal, actually. And they had a lot of baseball stuff and stuff like that, and Steelers stuff. I wasn't too impressed with the Steelers stuff. I thought it could have been more, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought it could have been more than what it was. Yeah. But when I walked into the hockey, I was like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was just blown away. And uh, they had one of the old turnstiles from fucking Civic Arena in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was badass. And um, they had like a bunch of sign sticks and pucks. And it was cool as heck. And they had like a recreation of the cup. Yeah. I mean, like it was perfect. You know what I mean? And uh, it was just phenomenal. But they had like a Lemieux picture, you know? Like a poster or yeah. stand-up, whatever. I had to give them a little pat. Got I even got a little teary-eyed in there. That's how much I love hockey. You yeah, know I understand that, yeah. And, uh, and I know teary-eyed sounds weird, but, you know, it's my penguins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, uh... So, uh, but it was cool, you know, and they had old TV footage of Lemieux scoring, you yeah. know, the ways and then... Yeah, the five different ways. Five different yeah. ways, and then they had, and then, like, they had the horn, you know, you yeah. could hear it, uh, you know what I mean? They had yeah. all the goalie masks from all the year. And it was just, it was really good. Like, I probably spent more time in that hockey yeah. part than I did um, anything else. And they had, what was cool, I thought was really cool... Is they had one of the um, hockey um, games, you know, the yeah. tournament games. Yeah. And it was Penguins Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is cool as heck. You yeah. Know? Um, they had all the pucks. I mean, it was just, it, it felt like you were on the ice. I yeah. swear to God, the floor was white. Like it was yeah. ice, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, tribute to Mike Lang. There was an Elvis poster. Yeah. Civic Arena Elvis, you yeah. know. It was very, very well done. For those who don't know, it's because, you know, after most Penguin wins, the Mike Lang would say, and Elvis has just left the building. Right. Or if it was a parent, like, when you got, like, that that uh, empty netter yeah. to steal the game away, you know, he's like, and Elvis has just left the building. Right. You know. And there was, you know, there was game stuff piping through this. It was, yeah. it was really good. I, I just... I really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed the uh, that part of it. Yeah, I like the whole museum, but I, I really like that penguin stuff. I was like, man, this is cool, it's cool as heck. Um, so yeah, um, penguin stuff was cool. Then we went through the Rogers neighborhood. I got terrified. <laughs> Lydia Lane was there. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like all these drawers you can open up, you know, and yeah. have these sweaters in and shit, yeah. you know. But you couldn't see what was in the drawer. I was just waiting for that fucking doll to be in there. Yeah. Um, but they had, you know, it was cool. I mean, I, you got to respect the man for who he was. Right. Um, but yeah, they had all the sweaters and shoes and it was like a life in the day of Rogers, you know, and had yeah. like his suit stuff and like the original sweaters, you know, had the rip in it, had yeah. a rip in it somewhere. I thought that was cool. And then it had yeah. some of the original puppets that he did before. Yeah. Um, you know, before um, King Friday and all that yeah. crap. Um, not crap. It's yeah. Just, um, so, yeah, I, I um, 
I appreciated uh, that. But like the whole exhibit, they hadn't even had an exhibit on the French and Indian War and stuff. And yeah. It's just like, wow, this is cool. Because you don't, like I said, you know, you never see about, you never really read right. about the French and, and Indian and War. More, <clears throat> more than any other war, for at least for West. I mean, I know Gettysburg, rightfully gets its fair shake, but the French Indian War took a lot of it took place here, yeah, in this area, yeah, yeah. You know, so like it's that odd thing of like, I think that's why I like that period, like especially like you know, you know, we're not going to discuss the movie, but yeah, you know, yeah. Like, but because it's like it was such a prominent thing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like the Revolutionary War, I'm, I'm like there weren't really any battles fought here. There wasn't anything about the Revolutionary War that came through Pittsburgh, but the French Indian War, like the first really major war in the, in the colonies, like the Pittsburgh area played a huge role in. It, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So yeah, I I just I really liked it. I thought yeah. it was really cool. Um, enough so that I would go back. Yeah. Yeah, usually with the museum, I'm not really... Yeah, that's cool. But you think you've missed something? Yeah. Like there's more you could take in? Yeah, I, I would definitely go back. Yeah. Um, just because I just... I don't know. It's just so rich with Pittsburgh, you know... Yeah. History. Yeah. Thus the Heinz History Center. Right. But I mean, like... But um, it was just really... Just rich in the history of Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, and I just really appreciated that. They had a glass exhibit, which makes sense because there was a ton of glass factories here. Right, yeah. I mean, Glassport. Right, and then we looked on a map and the Glassport wasn't even mentioned. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Not, you know, I was just kind of like... Um, I think you're missing something. Yeah. But it could have been part of Elizabeth Borough at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then we looked at a map later on and yeah. the Glassport was mentioned yeah. later on in the map. Yeah, so it was like Clareton, McKeesport. Fort... <laughs> right, it was like when we did the show Glassboro. I was like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. somebody needs to do their uh, history yeah. here. <laughs> this is what the town's named after. Yeah, I mean the glass factory that was once here. Yeah, so it burned down. I think. I think um, so. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, so we did that, and then I went back to Ides. <laughs> back to Ides. Well. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. You're right there. Yeah. So we went to Ides. Um, and, uh, or did I do Ides that day? Yes, we did. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, I couldn't think because yeah. I was off last week. So we did a number of things. But so I went to Ides and, um, I got that, that Bauhaus poster. Yeah. Yeah. I told you about that. Yeah, you told me about that poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got the Bauhaus poster and, you know, ate lunch down on the strip. Yeah. So it was like a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. Then I went to the home opener. Did oh, I tell did, you that? No, you didn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> I forgot what I did that yeah. week. Well, this was after the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, I went to the home opener. How was that for I got you? free tickets. Yeah. Number one, so I didn't buy any of the tickets. Right. And the tickets I got was like in 322. I was like... Up. Yeah. The very furthest yeah. row back, I think. Um, which is still were great seats. There's not a bad seat in that fucking building. No, there, there's not. Even I, I when can... you're high up, you still have good seats. Yeah. I mean, you can see everything. 
I mean, it's beautiful. It's a little far away, but it's not that it, bad. It depends on what you're looking for from your game day experience, in my opinion. I like sitting down lower, particularly for for baseball games, and as close to home play as possible. Because I like to watch the pitches and how they drop and how they move. Like you know, yeah, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like to watch. I, mean, I either got to be in front of the pitcher or behind the pitcher. Okay, like those because I want to see how the ball is moving uh-huh. as the pitcher throws it. Um, when you're on the sides, it's a little harder to. Like, really tell. Yeah, yeah. You know, people get up and say, like, oh, the ball. Like, how the fuck can you tell? You're sitting over here, you know. Yeah. Even if you're sitting down low, it's still tough to tell, if, you know, if that was on the inside or the outside of the plate. Yeah. You know? um, so, it, that's something I, I do like. Nancy prefers to sit up high because she wants to see the whole field. Yeah. Like, and, like, that's cool because you can watch... Even more so now because like so much of baseball is, well, he hits over this way, so we're gonna move our, we're gonna move people to this side of the field, so you can see how the the shift is done and everything, so you can really see it from up high. Um, but like before, before the, the the days of the shift, you can still see like how like the center fielder would move like from straightaway center, it take a few steps away, you know, because he. This is where the hitter tends to hit to, like the strategy of baseball maybe is a little bit more seen up there yeah. than it is down low, but so it all depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, there was nobody there. <laughs> I mean, there was, but yeah. it was probably at seventy percent. Yeah. Um. Well, that's how many fans were I could see. Yeah. About seventy, maybe sixty percent. Yeah. There's a lot of gray seats. Yeah. That one. Um, nice day for b- ball game now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that was cool. Uh, I left in the seven. <laughs> I mean, it was like 1-0 forever. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I'm done. It just wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, I, I'm not a baseball guy. Right. Um, but up in that 320, it was like... I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked my seats. Right. Oh, but getting to them fuckers were like... Yeah. Going up that fucking thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're here. Yeah. But then it's like really compact. It's not like Heinz Field at top. Um, there's not a lot of open space up there. No. You know what I mean? And I felt like it was just kind of... I don't know. I like the bottom level better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah. I like that whole bottom level. I, I like the openness of it. There's more going on in that bottom level. Yeah. There's, and, you know, it's wider. Like, you're right. When you get up to the top, like, it's like, you know, yeah, here's a, here, here, here's like, you know, a, a generic snack shop. And maybe here's a generic, you know, you can buy a souvenir from here. But yeah. At the bottom level, like you have like the the team store and oh, there's, that's like, like, there's like that whole section of like like restaurants and like all sorts of shit. Yeah, but going it's like on. when you get on top of the, when you get to the top of that escalator, you get to that first level. Yeah. It's like you just entered like 1935. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's oh, kind of dark under there. Yeah. It's like. 
you get to that top level, it's you know. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. yeah, and like and like you said, I mean, there's like nothing up, like up there that's like you know, specialty. Nah, like it's all generic at that point. Yeah, like all the good there. stuff is down below. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know. But I'm not traveling all the way down no. there and fucking go down there and get that stuff. I wasn't gonna walk up that fucking serpentine again. Yeah, there ain't no fucking way. That was the only like one of the things I loved about having Nancy with me is like she would leave. Like she'd be like, like, cause we get tickets like with her and her sister and her, her her kids. I was the only one there to watch the game. Right, right. Everybody else there was there for the ambiance of the game. And I'd be like, I'd tell Nancy, I'm like, okay, all the way over in left field, there is a guy with a grill. Okay, I want you to get me. They've got big foot long sausages. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, it's not a, it's not a, a it's a it's like a, a, a open kiosk like it, you'll see him it's no problem and she would come back like an hour later with my my fucking sausage nice. <laughs> you know like yeah i walked all the way down there for you yeah that's yeah. the thing that there's like nothing yeah up at that level like no that. nothing at all so like even in the outfield like the outfield section like there's like all and like they they went they made great pains to let you know about like the, the party sections they have out there now and like all these enhancements they made to like, you know, it, it make the game day experience better. Well, when the team sucks, you better make something better. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, like they made like all this big to do about like these, the, what they did, like these renovations they made to like the outfield area. And, like, and there's a ton of shit back there. Like, like all, there's all sorts of like specialty cook. I mean, uh, the one, uh, catcher i can't remember his name he's got like a barbecue place back there wow you know and uh he, he sits back there tells stories you know great really oh yeah i went, I went there pregame one time like listened to him for like 45 minutes telling old time stories about like the 70s pirates wow yeah you know orgies that he went to and whatnot <laughs> nice no but like I mean, that's the stuff that goes on like all over the park but you get to that 300 section you are fucked, poor person. Yeah. <laughs> you get nothing. Yeah. Like, there's not even a Permanis up there. No. 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 You, you, you are getting, like, generic hot dog popcorn. Like, yeah. The and, basics up there. And, like, all they had up there was, like, Coors Light and Miller's Light. Yeah. And Miller Light. I'm like, what the? Ain't no, none of those concession guys coming up to you. Nah, I didn't no. see any concessions at all. Yeah, I mean, they still have them. Like, down, down below. below. Yeah. No, I didn't see but any. Those guys are like, you know, my first little bear, go beer! Go beer! And he's like, like, he's fucking straining, like, his like neck, it looks like he's, like, trying to pull a thousand pounds. Yeah. Like, God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> fuck, dude, settle down. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> you know, just yeah. please. Yeah, I... I really liked the park on that lower level. I did not like the park where I was sitting. Yeah. I mean, I liked the park. I liked the view of the game. Yeah. If they were better, I would like it even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I love night games. Yeah. I do. I, I just like... I think night games are like the best. I do. I, I just find them like just the best. Those lights come on. It's just... It's a different vibe. And it's... With PNC Park, which continuously gets voted the best baseball park in America, yeah, if if not in the top three, like I know people, you know, there are some people who tell you like you know Dodger Stadium is like the crown jewel, 
and whatnot. And I can't argue that too much, but PNC Park is, if not the best, one of the top three best ball ballparks in all of America. Yeah. And when those lights come on and like you're looking at downtown Pittsburgh across the river, yeah, there is no better view. Yeah, it's phenomenal. None. Yeah. I love it. I even think it's cool that the boats sit out there waiting for balls. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't that into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that. Yeah, because they stink. They're horrible. Yeah. It's, it's just, the fact they went into today's game with the Cubs at 500 had me shocked. <laughs> but then, you know, <laughs> they lost 21 nothing. That's disgusting. It is. It's disgusting. Like, how do you... Like, I, I get, like, you, you have off days, but, like, that's just, like... Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you, that's unexcusable. That, that, that's, like... I, I mean, that's, like, a, something out of a movie. <laughs> right. Like, you know, how bad were the Indians in Magic? Well, they lost the game 21 nothing. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. That's, that's a pirate score. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> you know... So, anyway. anyway, have you watched any Maulers games? I have not. No, I like. I was gonna watch the first one, and apparently it was like some sort of like weather issue that they couldn't play the game, so they moved it to Monday, and I didn't get to watch it. And then uh, they played. I thought they played tomorrow, but they played today, and uh, I saw they won. Uh huh. Like I. It's tough to get excited for the Maulers because they're not playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're all, they're playing all their games in, a, in Alabama. Right, and I understand why they're doing that, especially with a young league. Like it's it makes sense. Like we're just gonna keep it all focused in one place, but like it's hard to build. Well, it's hard to build a fan base. Yeah, if your team's in Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's tough, and I mean, and the Maulers are a name. Like I mean, people, at least my age, our age, like we remember the USFL, right? You know, and like the USFL back in the eighties was like a legitimately competitive league with the NFL, right? Because they played in the spring, and but they were signing all this major talent. Yeah. Like, they were going and getting guys before they could get drafted by the NFL and signing them. Right. You know, so, like, guys like Jim Kelly, Reggie White. Um, Warren Moon. Warren, no, no, Warren Moon didn't play in the USFL. He Are was you Can sure? Canadian. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, Steve Young. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, a, a long list of guys who played in the USFL that are <laughs> Hall of Famers now in right. the NFL. Um. On both sides of the ball. So, but like, it was like this thing of like, you know, they, they were, but they were going out and they were signing competitive NFL talent to competitive NFL salaries. Yeah, yeah. And like, this league is clearly not that. It's not meant to be that. It, and like, I try to, I try so hard to get excited about spring football whenever it comes around. I, I tried watching the AAF. I, I probably watched more AAF games than anything else. Uh -huh. I, you know, and then they folded. And then there was the XFL. But, you know, they were actually doing well ratings-wise until 
the pandemic started and that shut that down. So that was like a, and you know, now it's going to be rebooted again by the rock next year. But the USFL is like this branded name and like the teams are all like, like the original USFL licenses. Okay. Like the New Jersey Generals, the Michigan Panthers, the Pittsburgh Maulers, you know, those were all USFL properties. New Orleans Wave, I think that was. Yeah. Or right. I think so. Yeah. So it's but it, so it's one of those things where like that excited me. I got excited. Like I like the like the redesign of the logos to to be more modern. Yeah. Um, but still have that like 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 you look at that Maulers logo and you say, well, that that's the Maulers logo. It's, it's been modernized, but I, I still recognize it as what those guys wore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd love to get a hat. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's it's tough to like like yeah, I'm a Maulers fan because they're in Alabama. Yeah. You know, what I mean, that's the tough part. Yeah. So I hope it works out. Like I do. Like I I think there needs to be a place where guys can develop and hopefully make their way to the NFL. Yeah. I I think there there are guys who like you see a handful of them. Now and again, like Tyler Heineke, he was a starting quarterback for the Washington football team last year. Uh-huh. Well, he played in the AAF or the XFL the, that spring before. Uh-huh. You know, like there, there are things like there are guys like that who come through who like getting that extra chance, getting a chance to put something on tape, getting a chance to play competitive football can maybe come by and enhance your team. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I think. You know, for like guys like linemen, I think it's you know, getting in there and getting reps and showing what you can do yeah. is big. I think for quarterbacks, it's huge because you can make, help make that transition from college to pro football, right? Which a lot of guys have a problem with, and this could help. So, I mean, there's a lot to it, but it's also just bad football. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you watch it and you go, "Wow, this is like." There's a reason why these guys all played Division Two football, you know. So there's a good to it, and there's a bad to it, you know. Yeah. But the problem is, like the guys who stick out, like you hope, like they can make that transition to the NFL. And the guys who don't, they're just bad. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. I hear. You. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my week. Yeah. Yeah. So. An exciting week, if I may say so. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do anything quite anywhere near that exciting. <laughs> so. I did hear some interesting news. I thought this was interesting. Okay. Um, Jason Newstead, he formerly of Metallica, mm-hmm. bassist. He talked about in an interview, he was asked to be in a Van Halen tribute tour. Okay. This would have been the lineup. Alex Van Halen on drums, David Lee Roth on vocals, Jason Newstead on bass, and Joe Satriani on guitar. Wow. Now, Joe Satriani, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Joe Satriani. (laughs) Like I, I I enjoy Joe Satriani. I I listened to a lot of his stuff over the years. He's probably he should be in your top ten guitarists of all time. Probably, yeah. you know, he's that damn good. 
So like having him play like do Eddie Van Halen made sense. Uh-huh. New said said he 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 said no to this because it felt like a cash grab, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. My thought was, why are you calling Michael Anthony? Dude, they they won't. They won't. They, they won't, they, dude. Like. I don't, know, I don't know if, Michael like... Michael Anthony is not part of that family at all. Anymore. No. Like, I don't know if, like, uh, he got caught fucking somebody's wife. Nah. Well, what, that's, been, that's been going on for a while. Right. But, I mean, like... It ha- no, it has. You're right. But, I mean, it's just like... They threw him to the curb and never looked back. Nah. And they won't. Nah. And it's, like, shocking to me. I know. But, I mean... He's probably the best backup vocalist you'll ever see in a band. Absolutely. 100%. Over Sambora, over... Yeah. I, I know that sounds odd to a lot of people out there, but he's probably one of the best backing vocals you'll ever have in a band. Ever. You you listen to like any Van Halen album. It's all Michael Anthony. It's Michael Anthony as the background vocal is amazing. Yeah. He carries the whole fucking yeah. song. And, and I mean, he's an amazing bassist as well. Yeah. And especially the stuff that he did with Sammy Hagar. Oh, yeah. Like with Chicken Foot and what... I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but... Well, I mean, Chicken Foot also had Joe Satriani on guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... But even with... What I'm saying is even with Hagar and Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Van Halen went from Roth, which was fine. You're right. I'm not going to get into the debate. We're not going to discuss it. But then you went into... When you went into... Um, Van Hagar. More mature vocals, more mature oh, melodies. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he took his game to the next just level. Just produced sound. I yeah. mean, it was just it was really quality work. I mean, you listen to a song like "How Do I Know When It's Love." Yeah. I mean, you listen to his background vocal. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I mean, like yeah. everything that they did together. Yeah. With Van Halen was just absolutely fucking. Amazing. Oh yeah. And it's fitting that. Michael Anthony hangs out with Sam Hagar. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah. Musically, it makes sense. Right. You know. I mean, it's like like Sammy was like, you know, well, this is my best friend. Yeah. You know, and but I mean, like I mean, like when they threw him out of Van Halen for like Wolfgang. Yeah. I was pissed. Oh yeah, for sure. I was flaming pissed because I'm like, I get it. You want to work with your kid. You know, and Dave's a yes man because he needs the money. But, like, really, you're, like, like this guy who's been with you for 30 fucking years, you're just throwing him to the cold. Yeah. Like, you, no, you're no longer a part of Van Halen. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, I was like, and, like, and, like, to, like, we're going to, and Joe Satriani came out, he's like, yeah, we're still thinking about doing it. And I'm just like, first off, no one wants to hear David Lee Roth. <laughs> they don't. No, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, Dave has lost it. He's done. Yeah. Stick a fork in him. Yeah, but Dave sees, do- sees dollar signs. Yeah. And apparently he has a relationship with Alex Van Halen still, and he's probably talking to Alex like, hey, man, we can make some money, man. I need some money, man. You know? Yeah. And, but, like, if you're going to do it, let's bring back the singer who can still sing. Yeah, yeah. To support the singer yeah. that can't sing. Yeah. Let's go get Gary Sharon. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> No. Let's get. I mean, let's get Sammy. Yeah. Let's get. Let's, and he'll bring Michael Anthony. Yeah. You know, and we'll have a a much more cohesive Van Halen. Yeah. Than two original members. 
a guest bassist and Joe Satriani on Because Sammy guitar. can still sing. Oh, very well. Like, he still has the pipes. Yeah. He has not lost his pipes. I, I, I saw a con- some concert footage from, like, <clears throat> earlier this year. And, I mean, he was, like, going to town. Yeah, he can still sing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. That's why I said, when, when we went to that show... Or was that me and you that went to that show? No, what I want you wanted me to go and I couldn't. Oh, that's right. But I told you, going to that show, yeah. I was like, you're going to go to that show, and David Lee Roth is going to be the party. Sammy Hagar is going to invite you to his party. Ah. Uh, that show, David Lee Roth was good. Yeah. And he even, he even played Ice Cream Man on guitar. Yeah. Which I was... That imp- I think that's what I took away from the show was right. like, holy shit, this guy can really play. Yeah. I mean, he was jamming on guitar. Yeah. And there's no lie. He was playing. Yeah. I was like, that's impressive. Yeah. You know? But after that, <laughs> yeah. it was like David Lee Roth's show. You know? Yeah. It was okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, the sound was good. Yeah. But it was, you know, David Lee Roth, you know? Yeah. And when fucking Sammy Hagar came out... That it completely just totally flipped me on Van Halen. Yeah. Because I've always, I, I mean, I grew up with Van Halen. Yeah. So I like Van Halen. Yeah. But hearing Hagar was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was just like, it went from like stage AE. Yeah. And then when Sammy came on, it was like a stadium. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It was just like, holy fuck. It was like a wall of sound. Because Dave comes out and he's like, it's me, 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 me. You want to see me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he does his shit. And he, you know, and he goes off and, you know, like, yeah. Everybody wanted to see David Lee Roth. And then Sammy comes out and he's like, let's have some fucking fun. Give me the tequila. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He was, he was phenomenal. Yeah. And his singing was so impressive. Yeah. It always amazes me. But see, it's worth it. See, we talked about, like, like I don't want to remember them when they were young. And da, 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 da. Yeah. Sammy still got it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one guy that... Yeah. You know what I mean? Same thing with um, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. When, he, when, he, when he's not involved with the NWA... Wrestling, that is. No, but what I'm saying is like... Yeah, yeah, Billy Corgan. His his vocals are yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. They're perfect. And I have to say, I couldn't believe it either, but Bruce Dickinson can still pipe out oh, yeah. the fucking yeah. melodies. I mean, like, there was a couple times where he couldn't get yeah. where he used to be. You know what yeah. I mean? And so he dropped it. Yeah. And it... And, in your in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hear you, sir. I hear you. Yeah. I understand, sir. I salute you still. <laughs> like, yeah. you're still fucking jamming out to run to the hills. Yeah. And I respect you for not being able to hit that. Note. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're not... everything else is so fucking good. And yeah. I just saw the fucking trooper coming at me in yeah. a, a fucking airplane. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. But everything, like, that show was really good. Oh, yeah. And, um... So, like, like for those types of bands, it's, I would go see them. Yeah. Like, I would still go, I, if he came, 
this year I would go see Rob Halford. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or Corrigan or Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. I would even go as far as to say, like, um, what's his name hasn't lost it either. Um, <laughs> and I'm not really that huge of a fan. Um, but I did like the band. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll say that I like them, but Brett Michaels can sing. Yeah. And like, I've heard his acoustic sets are amazing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he'll come down to the hard rock or whatever and throw yeah. on a show. But Brett Michaels can still sing. Yeah. You know? But then, you know, then you got Vince Neil, man. Yeah. I, I, come on, man, Vince. Stop it. Yeah. I just, and it sucks so bad. Yeah. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, man, why couldn't he be the ones that, one of the guys that can still sing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, God, he was so good. He was the one of the major front men of rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got this fucked up band and like... Yeah. You got this fucking wicked singer, you know? And why couldn't he be one of the guys that just still had it? Yeah. So, it's like depressing. You know what I mean? It is. It's like those people who like, well, I saw Ozzy on his last tour. Did you really see Ozzy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know... I mean, there are a few of those times, and he's just shuffling around. Uh, I don't know, though. I've heard some people that went and see Ozzy that say, yeah. like, he is, like, a different person when he's on stage. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, like, it's like... I mean, it's a, there's a difference between seeing Ozzy in, like, 1996. Oh, yeah. And seeing Ozzy in 2016. Oh, agreed. You know, like a huge, and I'm talking, I mean, in 1996, Ozzy was already like an old, old guy. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, you know, it's funny. I mean, don't even, I would have loved to see Ozzy with Black Sabbath. Yeah. But that, I, that was out, that I couldn't, that was. Yeah, 70s. I mean, I would have loved to see Ozzy with Randy Rhodes. Well, yeah. You know. That's what I mean, like. Yeah. But this, that's what I was going to say. To see Ozzy on Bark at the Moon. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god! Yeah. I would take Jakey Lee too off off yeah. of um, um, Ultimate Sin. It's Ultimate Sin, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Whew. Like how did how did like Sharon Osbourne find amazing guitarists? Oh my god! Like I mean, it's like baffling to me. Every guitarist he has had, yeah, has been phenomenal in their own right. Yeah. Jakey Lee still plays. Oh, yeah. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Zach Wilde. Yeah. And oh, yeah. He, and there's definitely Zach Wilde influence in that later Aussie music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like Zach was writing that music. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. He was like, I'm trying to write Aussie music, but it sounds like, like, like me. I can't help it. Yeah. You know. But it's like now someone says Oz has something. Hmm. Speaking of great guitarists, you know what I watched the other day? Just just a clip of it. Hmm. The uh, the finale of Crossroads. Oh, did you? Yeah. Steve Vai. Steve Vai is the. I mean, and he looked like the devil. He did. He looked evil. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, Steve Vai. I mean, 
Like, it was like when, when David Lee Roth went solo for two albums, he just basically rebuilt Van Halen with Steve Vai as his Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And Steve Vai is, like, again, one of the greatest guitarists of all God, time. Who was in, the, who was in those ba- that band? Steve Vai. I, I'd have to look it up. I don't know who. Like, I mean, it was a four-man group. I know, but but I mean, he basically who he really had was like yeah, like he put an all-star version of Van Halen together. Yeah, because that's all we knew. Yeah, I mean, like those two albums, "Look, Eat 'Em and Smile" and "Skyscraper" are just like Van, they're just Van Halen albums from that time period. Right. It's just no Van Halen. Yeah, I know. You know, which is like, which is funny. It's like it's like when like Steve Perry did a solo album. Oh, Sherry sounds like a Journey song. Oh, it does. You know, I mean, I, if you didn't know anybody, you think, well, that's just Journey. What's uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's Steve Perry by himself. Really? Yeah, it just sounds like Journey. I think it's all he knows how to write. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's it. Billy Sheenan. Billy was on bass. Billy Sheenan was on bass. Yeah. Greg Bissonette uh, Bisson on drums. Yeah. Steve Vai and Roth. Yeah. It's just a four, four, a four man band. It was just Van Halen. It was almost like a super group. Yeah, like like David Lee Roth went out and was like, "Well, I can't be in Van Halen. I'll find a better version of Van Halen." Yeah, but Eat 'Em and Smile when that came out, dude. Oh, that would kill him. That should have set him up for life. Should have killer album, top to bottom. That is a killer album. Yeah, Skyscraper was okay. Yeah, Skyscraper was a, a it was a good album, but I mean, Eat 'Em and Smile is just fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. When I first heard Yankee Rose, I was like, oh, oh my God, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Keep making this. Yeah. And then he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was third, like, that third what album, happened? That third album when he lost Steve Vai. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? But what I'm saying is like, if he would have made four albums, like Eat Him and Smile, yeah. he'd have been one of the richest rock stars in the world. Right. Now, we would have been talking about him like, not Jagger or McCartney right. level. Or Elton John level. Right. But. He'd have been set. Uh, he'd have been set. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> craziest shit you ever seen on video. Yeah. The videos that they put out, we were like. What the fuck? And I mean. And Yankee Rose is so fucking good. Oh, I mean. Play a national anthem for him. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I mean, I was just like, shit, that's good. And then and Roth coming in. Oh, yeah. Yankee Rose. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She's wow. Oh, and then oh. it hits? Yeah. Oh my god. I want to listen to it right now. It was just it's just such a good song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that's what to me, I think that. To me, with I mean, I love today's rock and all the different you know alleyways you can go down in music, but there's something inside of me still that wants to hear Yankee Rose. You know, it's not just Yankee Rose, but there you go. It's not just Yankee Rose. It's something about it. This is the same. It's coming right now. Yeah. 
incredible. Kill us. Like, that it, lean is great, but when that hits... Oh, yeah. When that... Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you're just like, shit! And his vocals are on yeah, point. point. Like, it's... The music is... It's, like, well-built. It crescendos into that part. And it's, just like, just hits you right on. Yeah. Man, that's some good stuff. Oh. But I think that's that's what I miss from rock and roll. Yeah. Like, I miss that hit where it's like, man, that's fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, there hasn't been a band in a long time for me that that hits me like that. Yeah. You know, that just, like, punches you in the mouth and you're like, that's some good shit right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, Yankee Rose is, like, one of those songs. When I first heard um, White Zombie. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like, this is some badass motherfucking shit right here. Yeah. Right. Now, I didn't really like it when he went to Electronica. Yeah. But, but still, those, like, like more that, human than human. Like, when that hits. Thunderkiss. Thunderkiss. Oh, fuck. Thunderkiss. Yeah. But I mean, like, when I first, when I first heard... Um, Alchine by yeah. Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, Man in the Box, when I first heard that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to get into a little bit of grunge, those are the two grunge right. songs that I would go to. Right. But Alchine's a badass fucking song. And people like, I mean, I get Chris, Con- I mean, God love him, man. He was, a, he was one of the best singers ever. Chris Cornell, no doubt. Hands down. Ever. Ever. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue that. Having seen him live. Yeah. I it was, it was like I liked him. I liked Chris Cornell. I liked Soundgarden. I liked what he did with um. Oh, what did Temple of the Dog? No, not Temple. Well, I like Temple of the Dog, but no, he when oh yeah, yeah. when what's his name left uh yeah and, the lead singer left uh Rage Against the Machine. I can't remember what the name of that band was. Oh my it? god! Yeah, agree with that. Anyway, but yeah, like, uh, that was what? amazing. Audio, Audio Slave. slave. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Audio buddy. Slave. Audio Slave was fucking amazing. But, like, I... I my, my twin's born out of time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it was, like, one of those deals where, like, when I saw him live, I saw him open for Linkin Park. Uh-huh. You know, talk about, you know, two, mm-hmm. two lost souls, mm-hmm. you know. And I've seen Linkin Park three times. And this was, like, the time it was, like... Because when he when he did um, the Temple of the Dog song, when he did a Hunger Strike, mm. Chester came out and did Hunger Strike with him. Oh no shit! Yeah. Oh my god! I bet that was incredible. Oh, fucking nuts! Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was like I can't believe I'm fucking hearing this. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I wish I wish I had a recording of this. Right, right. You know, and um, at the end he came out and did a couple songs with Lincoln Park. At the end, I was like, oh, it was fucking nuts. I mean, it, it's that's one of the best shows I've ever seen because. Of the talent. Yeah. Like seeing Chris Cornell live and hearing his voice. And like I stood next to him. Like he came down the aisle where we were sitting. Uh-huh. And I just, I would just stand like at the end of the aisle. And like hearing him like right there next to me singing as he walked down the aisle. I was like, I, I feel like I'm touched by an angel. Yeah. I mean like. Like his voice was that fucking good. Yeah. You can't compare. Yeah. Like, he, I mean not compare, but like. His voice holds up on so many levels, right? That it's just so. Anyway, going back to Yankee Rose and like yeah. these songs and stuff like that, 
But when I first heard Outshine on the radio, oh yeah, I'd never heard anything like that. And yeah. this is before Man in the Box came out, and like, and this is before Nirvana. This is out. Soundgarden was out before all this stuff, right? And when when I heard that on the radio, I was like, oh my, what is this? You know? Yeah. And like that album, you talk about heavy. That is a fucking heavy album. That song is really heavy. Yeah. It's like like dark. Yeah. And then you hear this voice over top of it like Yeah. just singing the shit out of this song. Yeah. You know? My god, that song. That song is a, that's a good song. But yeah. like it's the only, the only other missing. band I could say in the 90s that hit me like that. Toto. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Toto. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. Like, different band. Different band. But, I mean, Man, like, that guy, he, Scott Whalen's voice. He could sing. Dude. Yeah. And if you listen to him with Velvet Underground. Oh, man. I which know, is just basically fucking Guns N' Roses with Scott Whalen on vocals. That shit is amazing. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the, the first time I heard Stone Temple Pilots, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because this is good. And it's different from what everybody else is doing. Oh, yeah. They were completely different. Yeah. They got lumped in the grunge. But, man, that was some shit right there. I was like... Well, that was... The, a lot of their songs really rocked, though. Yeah. Like, you could tell his influence was... Yeah, yeah. Was metal. Like, he had, he, he, had, a, he had a hard rock dude. background. And an amazing voice. <laughs> yeah. A great lead, a great lead man. Yeah. Frontman. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I mean, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots is the stuff he's known for, buddy. You listen to fucking Velvet Revolver, that 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 think of that first album that they released, that is fucking killer. Is that one with Fall to Pieces on? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, he's amazing. Yeah, uh, and that that says it's like those bands I miss that just. Like fucking punched in the mouth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we talked about, like the first time you heard Motley Crue with uh, um, Doug. No, the, the album, um, Too Fast for Love. Oh, like that 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 you put the needle down and that dun, 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 I mean, right off the bat that just like crush you. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh shit, this is different. Yeah, it was like it was weird. It was like. You have to understand, like, even though they dressed up the part sometimes, yeah. Motley Crue was never glam metal. No. No, they weren't. Ever. They always get lumped sometimes in that category as glam, but they were not. I, I they were on mean, the level of, like, Wasp. and They were, like, on more popular, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the, I liked Wasp. I listened to Wasp. You and four other people just made that connection. Yeah, like, I, I know. Wasp? Yeah. You know, who the fuck is that? Who was that? Blackie Lawless. Blackie Lawless, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about holy retrieval. Yeah. Uh, but um <laughs> But I That's like me making a jackal reference for some reason. Wow, with the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Um Jesse James Dupree. But uh <laughs> Crew was like When I first heard Crew I think the probably the first song I heard, probably now, yeah, probably the first song I heard by Crew was probably "Shot at the Devil." Yeah, um, 
And then once I listened to that song, it had to have been Shout Out the Devil. Um, once I listened to that song, I was like, it just hits you in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Red Hot, I think, is on there. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a lot of songs on there. But when I first heard it, I was like, damn, this shit's good. And then I went back yeah. to Too Fast for Love. Yeah. I fell in love with that. In- the entire album. Yeah. The entire album's good. There's not a bad song on that album. Yeah. Um, and then I got it. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This band's good. And then you get the Theater of Pain. Yeah. A couple songs off Theater of Pain. And one of the songs that I don't like from Crew, that that's never on my play- playlist, is Smoking in the Boys Room. I hate the yeah. fucking song. I hate it. No, I don't care for it either. Um, but like, Theater of Pain was like the Black Album. Uh, no. Well, I'm, I'm gonna say it in this in this respect, I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but it was it was the album like you listen to the Shot the Devil, you listen to Too Fast for Love. Those are hard albums. That was the album that they kind of commercialize themselves a little bit more. Agreed commercialized, but I don't think the album worked. No, it didn't because you listen to those first two albums and you're like, well, this... Like, it, you at least got from Metallica, you got one. Like, one was the introduction of Metallica to mainstream America. Right. You know, and everyone was kind of like, what the fuck is this? And then comes the Black Album, which is more commercial and feel... Than any other album previously. Right. I'm not saying it's 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 a commercial album. I mean, it is in a way, but I mean, it's still it's a hard, heavy hitting album. Yeah. I feel that's the same thing with. Because you had too fast for love. You have shot the devil. Shot the devil had some mainstream success, but you know didn't. And you get theater of pain, and you get home sweet home. home sweet home. Yeah. Home sweet home is the home run that makes Motley Crue. And allows them to do girls, girls, girls. Allows them to do Doctor Feel Feel Good, you know. But that's that's the album that's like we need to change just a little bit, right? So that Casey Kasem will play us, <laughs> right? Home Sweet Home. It's another one of those songs. I mean, not kick you in your teeth type, but it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, they can come at me with a thousand knives. Or right. a thousand arrows like a hero, and I'll be waiting for it. I'll right. still defend Home Sweet Home. Yeah. Because I just think it's vocally, musically, it's fucking great. Right. It is. The, the only problem is it, it that's the, the song that launches us out in Power Ballads. Yeah. You know, now it, the formula becomes okay, we're going to take this band, we're going to take them off of Sunset Strip. What we need you to do is write a song like this so we can get you mainstream play so that the girls like you. Once the girls like you, the guys will like you, and you're selling a million records. Right. You know, and so that's what every band's formula after that was. Right. No, I, mean, I, I agree with you. You know, but there was nothing like Home Sweet Home. No. I mean, but then you get into, when you get into Girls, 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 that's a wicked album. It is. It is. It, 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 girls, Girls, Girls is honestly like Molly Cruz saying, yeah, we need to go back to what we were doing. Right. And it was almost like, Throwing it up in these glam bands' faces, though. A little bit, yeah. They're like, fuck you, I'm gonna ride my motorcycle, do yeah. a drink, and do a bunch of drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it was, it, honestly, it was like they kind of like said, like, okay, we did the commercial album we had to do to become successful. Let's go back to being Motley Crue. 
And that scares girls, girls, girls. Yeah, and then Dr. Feelgood was a great album. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it was cool, their evolution. Yeah. And uh, and they ended up coming out of that evolution. They made a couple, you know, good albums. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Later on. Yeah. You know? But Dr. Feelgood was a great album. Yeah. yeah. But, man, girls, girls, girls. That was a wild album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff came Kickstart out. Kickstart My Heart was, I mean, that's fucking. Yeah. Just, Punch you in your fucking teeth. Yeah. 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 And it just starts off that way. and Like, ki- like Livewire did to me. Yeah. Livewire, because I'm alive. But I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I, but that's, I, I still say, I mean, that's what's missing from, you know, I think that's what's missing. I, I, I miss that, you know, kick you in your teeth style of hard hitting, gives you chills when you hear it type of music. You know what I mean? I honestly thought, <clears throat> this is a weird thing to, to say. I honestly thought, like those guitar hero games were gonna at this point would have given us a generation that had gone back a little bit to the guitar god. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing that you talk about a little bit that's is what's missing is like the guitar hero, the the, the like those just bitching guitar solos that, that just that ripping yeah. guitar in these songs. Like if you if you look at what a lot of these bands all that we talk about all share in common. What is it? An amazing guitarist. Yeah. You know? And, like, even, like, Metallica. I mean, you have to have an amazing guitarist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Kirk Hammond is one of the all-time greats. You know? But, like, it's, like, one of these things where, like, you have to have this amazing guitarist who is willing to, like, put it out there. Right. You know what I mean? And I honestly thought, like, the guitar hero game was going to inspire the next generation because there's been a long period from the time Nirvana hit through now where the guitarist has been kicked to the background. Right. It's about the singer-songwriter. Yeah. It has been for 30 years. Yeah. And I've just been waiting for like that next great guitar hero to rise up and save us all. <laughs> and it's I mean I honestly thought by now it would happen based upon those games that somebody would have said like okay I'm hearing this music I'm inspired by it now let me go and play what was inspired me to play right and it hasn't done that unfortunately weird huh a little bit yeah <clears throat> but but there are other ways to have your teeth kicked in I've found Okay. Muse. You like Muse. I like Muse a lot. Yeah. And like Nice of Sidonia, that song will kick your teeth in. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of their music for a three-man group. And I mean, a lot of it's electrical, but it goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you listen to it and you're just like, oh, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, and it may not kick your teeth in like Crew did. No, but just... but it, it's still it's it's a hit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real hit to you where you're like, 
Ooh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. it, it it's a different style of hit. Like, I mean, and it, it's weird to say, but like, I, I think they're a band that, from an evolutionary standpoint, they've taken kind of like that, that feeling, and they've taken it in a different direction and made it work for them. Yeah, yeah. But they're one of the, the better modern bands. And I say that like, you know, they've been around for like 20 fucking years. But they're one of the better modern bands that like I can. I saw them in concert. I mean, they were amazing in concert. Yeah. You know, I've watched like they, one of my all time favorites is like their, their version. Of, the version they did of Knights of uh, Sidonia in Rome. Uh-huh. With like this harmonica beginning, uh-huh. like it's like this like old western sounding harmonica that they start off with, and then it does its little piece. It's like a prelude at the beginning, and then it goes into yeah. The song you're just like, oh shit, that's good, <laughs> you know. So there's like, like I I always get picked on because it's like you know I'm an old man as listen to modern music, and you're right, I am. But there are some modern bands like I, I, I like uh. It's stuff that Nancy will play that like like I'll listen to Muse on my own I'll like listen to Muse but like there are some bands like Walk the Moon that like when she plays I'm like eh that's not bad yeah you know there so there are some music I've found that's mo- more modern that I enjoy but I'm not gonna seek it out per se yeah, yeah. you know I'd much rather drive around listening to the Eagles <laughs> you know <laughs> or Brian Adams What's so funny, you know, I'm seeing, thinking, I, I mean, the girls are so much more than modern bands, you know. Right. I'll, I'll, they'll play stuff and I'll, I'll like a lot what they're playing. And, I'll, right. I, and they probably, I probably get on their nerves because I'm always asking them, you know, who's this, you know. But um, I tell you what, when I first heard, um, now this is, let's see, this is years ago. But in my head, it's still new music, but it's not. But when yeah. I first heard, when I first heard Fall Out Boy, I loved them. Yeah. Like sugar, we're going. I mean, that's that's like that's a good fucking song, and that kicked me. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. The, the one, I mean, the one that hit you the hardest though, and you were like hardcore into him for quite some time. You probably still are. Wolf Mother. Oh, I liked Wolf Mother. Yeah. I mean, you were like. Yeah. You were pushing it hard. I mean, like you gotta listen to this. It was good. I mean, it's good, but but you were like, this is the next big thing, motherfucker. Well, I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. I did because yeah. I was like, "Wow, man, this yeah. guy!" And I went to that show at Smalls. Yeah, and I saw him at Smalls, and um, I think it was Mr. Smalls. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, and I was like, I was just fucking blown away by the sound that they were. This three piece was throwing out. Right. I was. I was. It was like unbelievable. And this yeah. guy's vocally, vocally. This guy was incredible. Yeah. I felt like. Not only was I watching a good singer, but it was reminding me of Plant, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and he, it was, this was like a modern day Plant. Like, yeah. I, I'm watching the future here, because I mean, like, right. I thought, I thought, seriously, I thought they were gonna go to the fucking moon, right? Because it was just a good sound, right? But I didn't. I, I did like Wolf Mother. I, yeah, I thought they were great. Yeah, I mean, you were hardcore into them. I was, and like with. Like, I, I think the, and I just, I, I love the music, um, and I, but I never really, like, say, got kicked in the teeth by it, but, right. um, Angels and Airways. 
Yeah. And, I mean, I like Blink, but that yeah. was kind of beyond Blink. I mean, yeah. I, I like their music. I, I still like um, Together for the Kids. But, I mean, like, I think it's one of their hardest hitting. But um, when it came to Angels and Airways, I was like, yeah, it's good. I love it. I mean, I love the music. I mean, yeah, I've listened to a lot, a lot of uh, Angels. But when the girls took me to that show... Um, and seeing them live, I was absolutely blown fucking away. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I was going to be. Yeah. But I was. Yeah. Like, I was absolutely taken aback by the sound. Yeah. I was just like, this is probably one of the best moments of my life. Yeah. I'm in the middle of fucking COVID. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm like nervous, you know what I mean? Right. But just to hear that, just to hear that full sound and that... It was just absolutely incredible to me. It, it, it was. And I, and I still, they're still high, high on my list. High. High. Yeah. But thinking of good bands that, that have come out, when I first heard Rooster, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Chains, and Chains did that for me. Yeah. I don't know if it was just where I was in my life. Right. At that point. Yeah. But... Chains answered everything that I was seeking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it was dark and it was depressing and it was grunge and stuff yeah. like that. But from their from um facelift yeah. and, and then to dirt. Yeah. And that was like when they went from facelift to dirt, they got you got this raw and facelift, and you went to dirt that was more produced. Yeah. <laughs> and then lot and of course, you know, they were holy. Uh, unplugged. Yeah. But, um, what's well, Nine Inch Nails was that way. Yeah. You listen to Pretty Hate Machine, it came out in 1989. Yeah. Pretty Hate Machine is a raw album. Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing album. Yeah. The first time I heard Pretty Hate Machine, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, then you listen to Downward Spiral, and that is a much more produced album than Pretty Hate Machine is. And in a way, I mean, while Downward Spiral is more successful, I prefer Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. Because that was a kick in the teeth. Right. You know, in a completely different way. But like the first time you heard Head Like a Hole. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> Were you in love? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Immediately. I was like, because I'll never forget the, it was 1991. Mm-hmm. And I went to Monty Waugh's house. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we were drinking. He was smoking weed. And he's like, Cooner, you got to listen to this. And he puts on Pretty Hate Machine for me. And I'm like, where the fuck has this been all my life? <laughs> you know? And, he, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I, I got to hear more of this. He's like, well, there's only one album. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know? Like, it was a... I was blown away by Pretty Hate Machine. Mm-hmm. To the point that when, when Downward Spiral came out, I couldn't wait for it. And I wasn't disappointed by it. Because it's a great album. Yeah, yeah. It's a phenomenal album. Yeah. But it wasn't Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. Like, I was like, like that was my only, I was like, I wanted more of this, this raw power and emotion. And you gave that to me, but in a much more produced way. Right. You know. We went down the music route. We did. Let me ask you a dumb question. Huh. Has there ever been a band that's turned you around on them either way? Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, here's an example. Two examples I'll give you. I went to go see the 
Deep Purple in concert at the Syria Mosque. Okay. 1992. Okay. The opening act was Winger. Okay. I didn't care for Winger. Okay. And I thought, it's a little girl band. I, you know, they're the epitome of what's wrong with hair metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, I hated Winger. Yeah. And they came out, and I was shocked at how good they were. Turned me around on them. Okay. To the point that I went out and I bought the, those first two albums. Wow. Because they were so good. Okay. You know, completely turned me around on them. Yeah, so... Okay. So, like, to me, like, like that was amazing. Like, yeah. The other direction, though, and it's sad, yeah. is Aerosmith. Oh, really? Like, for years, all I heard about is how great Aerosmith was live. And I saw them in the mid-90s, and they were fucking awful. Really? Yeah. So, like, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where, like, I mean, I still love Aerosmith, I still listen to their music, but, like... It was like such a bad experience. I kind of like. It leaves always leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like I don't search out their music anymore because of how bad that show was. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, mine. This is going way back, but. Um. So when Lisa and I first met, she was goth. She still is yeah. goth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she plays Switchblade Symphony right. in the kitchen today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> um, and you're more in line with Lisa's music than I am. Yeah, especially like the alternative stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, we went down to Oakland. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, to the upstage. Yeah. Okay. Remember they used to have live shows. Yeah. The upstage. Yeah. And so, of course, Lisa listens to Bauhaus. Yeah. Right. And I like Bauhaus. I mean, they were dark. Yeah. But there's some songs, especially Ziggy. I mean, there's a version of Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real good. Yeah. Um, and so we went down to the upstage and Daniel Ash was playing. Okay. And so I went there with like, I'm going to get hammered. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you know, yeah. I haven't even. Is it so far out of my, my wheelhouse? It, way out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, I yeah. was like, I, I don't, I couldn't even tell you a song that Love and Rockets yeah. made. And people that don't know, Daniel Ash was, is the guitarist in Bauhaus. Right. And um, so I went in there, I'm starting to drink. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I was like, I got a drink to get through this. And by the end, I was completely fucking amazed. Yeah. What this guy was putting out. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Completely impressed. I was like, this is a great show. Yeah. You know, so that's my turnaround. Um, show wise. I don't have it the other way. I, I yeah. don't think. I can't think of a band <laughs> like that's not coming to mind. Right. That went the other way, where I was like, right. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Um. But I have. I've. I've, I've been to shows. And that's a turning point for me too. Is like, you know, you could take it another way too. Like, 
you listen to them on the radio and stuff like that, and then when you go into a show, you're like Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. Um, that completely turns you like to a super fan. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I was a super fan on their first album, but then I kind of lost track of them over time. Right. But dude, when I saw Disturbed, <laughs> I was like, I was blown away like I was blown away with Hagar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. I have never been in, at a concert where I just felt like, I don't know, it's sort of like fucking magical or something. Yeah. Like it's this rush. Right. You know what I mean? And when I saw him live and I, they were I think they're playing fire. I can't remember what they were playing, but I looked behind me, dude, and there's fucking the whole fucking stage is on fire, and I can feel the fucking heat coming yeah. at me, and people are singing, and I and I realized I'm so tuned in to him and the band that I realized that man, all these fucking people are singing, and like, <laughs> like the you know the words come out ten thousand fists, and I'm like look behind me, and there's like the entire lawn, yeah. Is fucking singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it was weird. It was it was weird. It was it was like I was at a a rally or something. At a religious moment. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And I that's that's the one moment I've had. And I've been to I've been to some shows and I've been, you know you know a lot of metallic shows and stuff like that and you know where the, it's audience participation and stuff like right. that. Nothing compares to what I saw at that Disturbed show. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it was yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. I, th- I was like a religious festival. Yeah. It was like something out of like, it was so weird. But I get it because, I mean, they were so good live. Yeah. And he sings so well. Right. Live, too. Yeah. It was just, it was like, I almost wanted to cry. Yeah. I, I felt like I was. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like I felt like I was home. Like yeah. after all these shows and all these bands and all this stuff on the radio, I've listened to all this time. I went to this one disturbed show and I'm like, I have found my place on earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was so weird. It was so strange. Even seeing crew live. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good, but I still, um, Maiden's probably close second, but um, when I saw Disturbed, I felt like um, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. It's crazy. I know that sounds crazy. No, I, I kind of get it. I, I just couldn't believe what was happening around me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was even better than I had seen for that show. Yeah. No, I didn't sit much, but I mean... Right. It was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Out of all the bands, especially my top favorite bands, Disturbed is the best yeah. show I've been to. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. What's the best show you've ever been to? What's the best concert you ever went to? It was... That had to be that Soundgarden show. No. I mean, I mean, it, I mean like... It was, I mean, no. It, I mean, it, it was Chris Cornell solo. Oh, it was solo. Okay. It was solo, but he did a lot of Soundgarden. He did a lot of Audio Slave. He did a lot of his, his own stuff. Um, 
but um, no, the the and that that's close. I mean that because especially now looking back at what you saw, right? Because like just a couple years later, they were both gone. gone. Yeah, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. Mm. Um, seeing Van Halen. Oh man, I saw him. 1994 on the Right Here, Right Now tour. Oh, wow. That was probably... Because that was a show... I mean, it was sold out. It was at Star Lake. Mm. The place was jam-packed. And... Like... I don't know how to describe it, because it was like... It was like that band... like. Like it's always in, in my entire life has been three bands. It's it's been Led Zeppelin, Queen, and Van Halen. Okay. The closest I ever came to seeing Led Zeppelin was I, the first concert I ever went to was I saw Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. and that was a great show. But it wasn't Led Zeppelin. Sure. You know I'll never see Queen. Right. You know that, that that's I don't I don't want to see some doctored up version of Queen with Adam Lambert or whoever as the lead singer. I wanted to see Freddie Mercury, and I'll never get to see that. But seeing Van Halen, like, at the top of their power, like, this was like, you know, they had three albums with Sammy, so the only thing they did from the David Lee Roth era was Jump and Panama. Uh Everything else was Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. Uh And seeing them at the height of their power was just like, fuck. This is amazing. I can't believe... And I mean, I was all the way to the top of the fucking hill. Okay. You know, like, nowhere near the stage. Mm-hmm. And I could still feel, like, that... The power of, of, of that band. You know? Like, it was just amazing to me. Crazy, right? It was. Like, the, the Chris Cornell Linkin Park show... It ranks up, not only just because of like you know like what would happen to him just a couple years ago, but like it was just a great show. Yeah, it probably should be in my top five. Right. You know, but like because I didn't have as strong like for Nancy, that's probably one of her top shows ever. Okay. Because of the connection she had, particularly the Lincoln Park. Right, right. And to have, but to have Chris Cornell there was just like icing on the cake. Right. Right. Um. Like, I was saying, a close second to that, and this is going to sound really weird, was when I saw Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I saw him at Star Lake. Mm. That the, whole, the whole overall show was amazing. Because it was Rob Halford, Queensryche. Oh, my God. And Iron Maiden. Oh, my God. What a show. Oh. And it was the Wicker Man tour. Oh, so, to put this in perspective for you. That's the album after Fear of the Dark, right? Yeah. Am I right on I that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, like, I mean, Halford was amazing. Oh, yeah. Queensryche was, I mean, and this was still, like, when the Jeff Tate still had his vocals. Yeah, yeah. So, it was Jeff Tate on vocals, and you're just, like, they only played for, like, an hour, but it was, like, an amazing hour. And then you follow that up with Maiden. And, I mean, it wasn't the brand show that, like, you see, like, on, like, like the videos from the eighties or the show that you saw, it was a stripped down version of, of their show. Yeah. But 
it was just, we're just going to play for two fucking hours and just melt your faces. Yeah, exactly, dude. You know, exactly. That made, yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, no, I know what that's, you know, that, that's I, what they did. That's what they did when I went, yeah. when I saw them. Yeah. And, and when I saw them, it was like, it was like a medley of everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and three would probably be when I saw Peter Gabriel. Oh, that's cool. Which is an odd thing, like you're talking like Van Halen, Iron Maiden, and Peter Gabriel. Yeah. But, like, I saw Peter Gabriel, I, I, I want to say it was like 90, 93. And his backup singer was Sinead O'Connor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, there were some songs like, like, like Don't Give Up. Where like she's doing the backing vocals, uh-huh. and you're just like, "Holy shit!" I forgot how good she is. Oh, she's like, amazing. Controversies and whatnot aside, who the fuck cares? Her her voice is amazing. Yeah, like you it know, was. and you think like they're, they're, her her rendition of "Nothing Compares to You" has always been like the the version uh-huh. until I heard Chris Cornell sing it. <laughs> like honestly, like I heard a version of Chris Cornell doing that acoustically. Amazing, right? Oh. I was just because any other version, even Prince's version, compares to Sinead O'Connor until I get to Chris Cornell. Yeah, you know, but like having her on backing vocals and like this was like digging in the dirt, Peter Gabriel. So it was like right after Sledgehammer, and I mean he just did nothing but his greatest hits. Yeah, you know, you're like at the end of that show, he finishes with Biko. Uh uh-huh. you know, like talk about it, like. Like most shows, they want to end on that high, high, high note. Yeah. And we're finishing with fucking Biko about a you know, a, a South African man getting beat in jail. Right, right. You know, right. and it made sense from a Peter Gabriel show standpoint. Yeah, sure. You know, I was like, I'm expecting this to finish with Sledgehammer, and he like started with that. Right, right. You know, I'm like, what the fuck's he finishing with? I get Biko, and I was like, that's amazing. Damn. You know. I, I would say, you know, like, Disturbed being my number one, number two would probably be, what am I going to say? I mean, I, I sat third row center for Metallica on the Black Album. Um, <clears throat> which, for me, that was like a dream come true. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the only thing that sucked about that concert is I didn't see Chains, and Chains was supposed to come. Yeah. But that would have been my oh, u- yeah. ultimate. Yeah. Because um, I never saw Chains Live. Right. Um, Which baffles me. I don't but, know. But, you know. I, 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 I know. It's one of those shocking revelations of like, that's your favorite band and you haven't found a way to see them. It's like just overly surprising. Yeah, and, and I just can't do it with without him there. I just, yeah. yeah, I get that. I, I, I like the new stuff. Yeah. I do. Um, but, I mean, Lane Staley was... Yeah. Yeah. Just, so much sad. Yeah. It's it breaks my heart. Yeah. Because change was so good. Yeah. To me. Um but anyway, that show um wasn't great for me. I'm what I'm saying is like until Metallica. Because it yeah. was like suicidal on somebody else. Um but when Metallica came on, I mean that was just like Sitting that close, yeah, it was just fucking incredible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, like yeah. I just, yeah, it was.
Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. I get that. <laughs> um, to be that young, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it was a dream come true to sit that close. Yeah. Um, and third would probably be that Maiden show. Yeah. That Maiden show is like, and fourth would probably be this Pumpkins. That's close to the Maiden show. Yeah. But um, that, that Maiden show was just so fucking good. Yeah. I mean, like, they had all the props out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the huge... Gigantor specular, spectacular yeah. that they usually throw on. Right, it wasn't a stadium show. No, see it like but, when, they, when they do Wembley and shit. But <coughs> it was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, and I was on the floor for that. Yeah, um, and I saw it with Doug. Yeah, um, and he's the one that introduced me to Maiden. Yeah, and we would sit in his room and listen to Maiden yeah. and Crew and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So it was important, like that I went to Maiden. Like there are certain shows that I went to that were important to the people that I yeah. that I go with. I mean, especially back then. Yeah. And recently, but Maiden was important for me to go with him. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that was a, that was a fucking great show, and like I was blown away. Yeah. And it's it helps that I know every single fucking Maiden song. So, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see them come out and just be so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just such a good show. And I'm, I'm so glad I went. Yeah. Although that Rush show was pretty good. Well, I'm going to tell you four and five. <laughs> four for me is that Rush show you and I went oh, to. Oh, man, was that Rush show good. Oh, my God. I mean, and it's, it's, it's there for a number of reasons. It, number one, <clears throat> I guess the only time you and I have ever gone to a concert together. Mm-hmm. And... It was amazing seats, and that was just an amazing show. But it was like it was like I got to enjoy it with you. Oh yeah, the Rush show was good. You know, and it was like one of those things where like you like you wanted me to go see Roth and Hagar with you. I did. You sh- oh my god. I and wish I wish I could have gone, gone to that show, but I couldn't. But like the fact that I got to go to that show with you, and we both got to like. I know you looked at me a couple of times and just saw the big grin on my face as I was just watching. Oh, yeah. You know? And I mean, that was just an amazing show. And five is going to blow people away. Tori Amos. <laughs> really? Yeah. Tori Amos. Tori Amos. I had floor seats for Tori Amos at the Civic Arena. Wow. And it wasn't, it was, the, it was, a, it was they didn't have seats. It was just standing room only on the floor. So I was maybe. 15 yards away from the stage. Okay. And it, this is going to sound weird because like, I like Tori Amos. Like, and I remember the first time I heard her, it was, I, it was a video for one of her songs on MTV. Uh-huh. And it was like, I, I think I was, it was like, you know, 120 minutes I was watching. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, she has an absolutely amazing voice. I'll probably never hear from this person again. And I, you know, I seeked her out. Like, I was like, you know, I, I remember writing down her name, the name of the album, because, you know, back in the day when MTV showed videos, they, at the at beginning and the end of the video, they would put up that, that information. You know, right, the right. artist's name, the name of the song, and sometimes the name of the album. Yeah. And uh, later on, like, the director of the video. But, um, so I wrote that information down, and I bought that tape. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, like, blown away by like the power of her voice 
And I mean, most of that, like most of the, the her first two albums were just her and a piano. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I even found like a an EP she put out, and there's a version of the Rolling Stones' Wild Horses, which is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And but there's also a version of Smells Like Teen Spirit that she does. Okay. That is absolutely haunting because it's again. Just her and the piano. Yeah, yeah. Doing that song. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, it takes on like, I don't want to say a different meaning, but a different feeling. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so I, I, I followed her career, and like it was her third album, and she was doing an arena tour. And I went, and I, like, I just, I remember being like amazed. Like, she, at this point, she had a backing band for, like, because the third album was a little bit more commercial. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I just remember just being hypnotized by her voice the entire time. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe, like, like it was like a siren song almost, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and like, she came out on stage and she stood at the end of the stage while the band was playing. And like, I know she, she didn't look at me. Yeah. But I felt like she was looking right through my soul. Like, she's a very, very intense person. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, she looks like. Somebody, like, I'm sure she jokes and laughs, but she doesn't look like somebody who jokes and laughs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, her music is always very serious. And I think it's like this weird thing. It was like me at a Tori Amos concert, you know, but it was amazing. Like, I, it, the, she, her, her performance was like, I wish I could have just seen her, like, in a club, just her and a piano. Yeah. Because that would have been outstanding. Really? You know, but yeah, it was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's funny how... <clears throat> it's funny how our shows are so different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, well, Disturbed and Metallic are kind of the same. Right. Um, but different, though. I mean, Disturbed is different than Metallica. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I mean... I, That pumpkin show was so good. I can't imagine. I, the, the, the pumpkins are probably the third band like out of the nineties. Like I don't consider Nine Inch Nails a nineties band. I because I Pretty Hate Machine came out in eighty nine. I guess yeah. they are a nineties band. Yeah. But like, I discovered them before sure. they were a nineties band. But the pumpkins are like that third band to me out of the nineties. Like like. Because I'm not a fan of grunge. And I'm not a fan of like most 90s music. Right. But, you know, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilot, and the Pumpkins were like, for me, like the holy trinity of like, these are great bands that came out of this decade. Right. You know, that you can't touch. Yeah. You know, I'll give you Pearl Jam. I'll give you a lot of the other bands that you're going to talk about. You know, I'll give you Rage and all that. They weren't my thing. But these three bands... Like, yeah. To me, are like the holy trinity of the '90s. That like the best that decade had to offer. I would, I would, I would agree with you, except for Chains. Yeah, I know, I know. You're gonna throw Chains in there because that's, and I respect Chains, especially Facelift. Yeah, I mean, I I like Chains, but not as much as the, these three. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, and, and just God, STP was so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen the Pumpkins in their prime. 
that's yeah. that's the greatest thing about this show. I mean, aside from Darcy not being there. Yeah. Um, because that had Chamberlain in the uh, in yeah. this show. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially with Chamberlain, because Chamberlain just drives them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and um but I have to say, you know, Disturbed was the same way. Like, Disturbed, I mean, like, he would come out and say, hey, I want to thank the veterans. You guys are the fucking best. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, really pro-veteran. Yeah. And uh, with Disturbed, and it was just music after me. I mean, it was just... And this is when they they made, um, uh, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel song. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And that was haunting to listen to him sing live. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, you know, and, but he had some stuff to say. Yeah. As he usually does. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like overkill. Right. It was just mostly just music. I mean, just constantly. And getting back to the pumpkins, it was just like two hours, two and a half hours of just pumpkins. Yeah. It There was no like, there was like, it was just music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just like, like all everything. Yeah, you can imagine. I mean, it was just, it was, it was fucking magical. I yeah. mean, it was just, and and the you know the backdrop and everything. It was that was amazing. Yeah, artistically, um, but it was just, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was just, it was off the hook. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, oh my god, I. You know, another good show I did see, too, that I, I, I left out of the mix was uh, Nine Inch Nails Bauhaus. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. The back, I mean, the screen. Yeah. was just absolutely amazing. You probably would have enjoyed it more than me. You're more of the Nine Inch Nails fan than me. Yeah. Um, but... Getting back to it, that rush show was good. <laughs> that was that was an amazing show. Like I was like, and it's cool that we got to see them. Yeah, like I had seen them before. I saw them in '91. Oh, you did? Okay. I, at the arena, mm-hmm. and I sat all the way up at the top of the arena. Like I literally hit my head off of the dome. That's how high up I was. So I couldn't see shit. Well, this show you did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this show I think Getty Lee and I made contact. I can't. I mean, this these yeah. seats for people out there. These seats were fucking unfucking believable. Yeah, for Rush. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had to have been no more than twenty yards from the stage and at stage level. Oh yeah, not below. We were oh up, no. Yeah, we were at stage level, so we were looking like. It, so it felt even we were closer. Center. Yeah, and it felt even closer because of us being raised up. It was unreal. Yeah, and it was a private box. Which made it even better. I had the same seats for fucking Van, Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have killed that. for those seats for, for that show. <laughs> but those fucking... That, uh, Rush was definitely one of the coolest things I had ever seen. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, because I mean, that was just them. There was no opening act. Uh-uh. They, played for three, they played for three hours. Yeah. And it was nothing but greatest hits. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Not crazy, but I mean, it was just, it was a good show. Yeah. That was a good show. 
Yeah, so I saw crew there too. And that was the that was the crew show that fucking uh uh Tommy Lee shared his whiskey with the front row. Yeah. And everybody was worried about hepatitis C. But it was a good show. When I saw Crew, I saw on the Generation Swine tour. Oh shit! This was the show they got busted for showing porn at. Because <laughs> mm. it was it was at the Civic Arena, and they had like hanging from the middle of the arena a DJ. Yeah. So the opening act was Cheap Trick. Nice. Yeah. Great. They were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. So in between, they got this DJ up there, and they're, they've got like a, a curtain in front of the stage, and he's projecting shit on there. And he just throws up for no ungodly reason some porn. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Okay, so here's it. It's so weird how things are aligning tonight. <clears throat> because I just talked to um, Randy's wife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of the first shows that she took she told me this story right outside, but right when you were right when you came. Yeah. We were talking about concerts. And she took her ten year old <laughs> yeah. to a Molly Cruz show. Wow. I think she was ten. I think I think I think. Yeah. So took her to a ten year old. Yeah. Took took her to a ten year old. Took her ten year old to this show. To a cruise show. Yeah. And she was saying, like, you know, what a nightmare experience was. Because some dude just fell down the stairs drunk and passed yeah. out in her lap. Yeah. No, like one of yeah. those type of deals. Yeah. She was waiting for security. Yeah. She had this 10-year-old that was standing up on the seat. And she was holding her hand. Yeah. And they flash porn. Wow. On the screen. Yeah. And this was in Denver, I think. Yeah. So I wonder if... I wonder... Maybe, yeah. So, But yeah, so it was like one of those deals where like... I was just like, eh, okay, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think I've seen this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. But, so, like, like apparently there was all sorts of, you know, because there were, mi- like, people were complaining because they had minor children with them and stuff. I'm like, who the fuck brings a minor child to a Motley Crue concert? Who brings a kid to a crew concert? Yeah. Like, I, my, my seats were just off the boards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, you know, if you think of the arena... Like we so said, we were just off the boards, and like I'm looking down on the floor, and like I'm watching like drunken women flashing their titties and stuff. Oh, and I, perfect! I mean, it was a great show for that guy. I mean, but who like so knowing that this is going to take place, who brings a kid? Yeah, no child should go to a, a, no. a crew show. Period. No, none, none. Yeah. Not even at the height of their power should they have allowed like sixteen year olds in to go see Motley Crue. Like You're coming out pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah. So oh. oh, this is going long, but I want to ask you one quick question before uh, we wrap this up. Okay. Thor trailer. Okay. I was impressed. With I Portman. saw her. Yeah. I was like, well, she's got some beef on the arms. So. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. She is. She she bulked up. Yeah. I was impressed. I just don't want her to look like Mighty Mouse. Yeah. 
Like you I, know what I, I mean? Because she normally like she's a frail. Like she, I, I, I hate saying frail, but she yeah. she's a, a petite woman normally. Yeah, yeah. And she went and bulked up. She did. She, and, and that tells me, that tells me that she cares about the role. Right. So I hope, hopefully, yeah. and she's a good actress. So right. I mean, like, but I mean, also more important, that costume looked good. Oh, it did. I mean, it helps that she's bulked up and she's fitting into it rather nicely. But I mean, that costume looked good. Yeah, it did. And like, it's funny because I didn't know that trailer was coming out. Yeah. And we discussed that Saturday, like, you know, oh, she, you know, hopefully she looks good. And I like Monday, I, I sent you the picture. I'm like, well, what'd you think? And you're like, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it does. It yeah. looks good. So, all right. Well, remember, um, is there anything you'd like to add, sir? Before we no, I'm good. okay. Well, remember, um, there are a number of ways you can reach out and touch us. You can send us an email, like Thad does every week, and we don't read it because it has nothing to do with the show. Um, and that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very, very easy to find. Actually, no, not on Facebook. We're still not on Facebook. I don't know what for on Facebook. No, I gotta figure this shit out. Okay. Um, hey, send me this new stuff. Hey, your gray account. We're gonna be disabling on this date. That date comes and goes, and my gray account is still active. What the nice. fuck? Um, but we're on Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. Very easy to find. Um, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. Hey, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Pod Breed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search and you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, dear listener, for checking us out each and every week. We can't thank you enough for enjoying our hijinks and or shenanigans. And hopefully you're enjoying them and not hate listening. Nice. Yeah. And so on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>